Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 4, Episode 18. Today we're talking about The Fantastic Four from 1994, directed by Ole Sasson. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. Fucking hit me in the teeth of the hammer, McGraw. And I'm David DeForn. Welcome to The Dumpster. thing that uh i think i was paraphrasing someone from our live stream i hammered the teeth was preferable oh <laughs> he was talking about i think one of the return of living dead sequels oh a rave from the grave or whatever the fuck it was yeah i uh to just to get this rolling i know we introduced by saying that we watched the roger corman uh unreleased fantastic four movie today yes but uh to to double down on on the entry i guess uh i tracked down which is not a very hard track uh, search. It's on Daily Motion, the place where all unreleased things and you know solicit videos, uh, uh, you know any kind of weird video you want to find goes to die. Um, uh, I watched the unaired pilot for the Justice League of America from 1997. It is an 80-minute made-for-TV movie that is because my goal was to kind of compare them, and be like, all right, which is the better of the two? You know, unreleased redheaded stepchildren from both Marvel and DC here. Um, oh my God, this is an 80 minute cerebral bore. Okay. <laughs> it is. I want to, I want to get into why the fuck a pilot, a TV pilot is 80 minutes long. <laughs> but before we do that, I want to welcome back a very warm welcome. Davy DeForn, Davy the scaredy cat DeForn, uh, back to the show. How the hell are you, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Shows are back in action. So if anyone's going to be at Boston Comic Con coming up next weekend, I will be there. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, folks might know who you are, and maybe some new listeners don't. Can you uh, give give the rundown for yourself a little bit, please? Uh, well, most of the badges you see on the Movie Dumpsters podcast are designed by me. I do comic books and pet portraits for a living. And, yeah, check out my Instagram, the Scaredy Cat, and you'll see all types of work that I do. So I just got done doing these three dogs as Storm from the 90s X-Men cartoon. <laughs> Thor. Classic Thor and Obi Wan Kenobi. So it was it was quite the team up. That is so much fun. So like, what Dave will do is he'll take your pet, your your most beloved child, your pet child, your fur baby, and he will turn them into your favorite comic book character and or fantasy character, but mostly comic book characters. I can personally vouch for his work because my roommate Ashley, who I've talked about in the show, uh, her mom's dog passed away some months ago, um, and right, I think the first person I texted like after it happened, I was like, hey Dave, I need a favor. Um, so he drew uh, their dog Pepper as Godspeed, one of the speedsters from DC, and I didn't get to take a picture of her because she wouldn't let me, as he requested, but she <laughs> She loved it, and uh, one of the friends of the family who loved Pepper to death came in, saw it, and he started quietly sobbing. He was very moved. So your your work is excellent. Like, it really is. And that is hanging in their living room right now, by the way. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for letting me uh, do that for them, because that's... Oh, yeah, no problem. It's, it's the worst when you lose one. Yeah. Oh, 100%, dude. But yeah, Dave, Dave has done so... Like he mentioned before, he's done so many of our, our art pieces for our event months. Jeez. Uh... 
he was right there from the beginning. Super Combat, Mortal Combat, uh, your sister's ass, Dumpster, Double Dig. What the hell was it, Joe? Am I ever going to get it? Super Combat Fighter, Double Dumpster Edition Turbo. Yeah, that art, I mean, all your art always kind of blows me away, but that one just was like... It's burned in my retina. Actually, it's it's on the uh, the studio closet right in front of me. I'm staring at it as I speak. <laughs> the studio. <laughs> well, I said the studio closet. Let's not get too <laughs> let's not get too into this here. I don't need everyone to know all the uh, secrets behind the curtain. Sean's studio's a closet. Mine's a collapsible little uh, cloth divider that goes up and down. <laughs> It's really high tech. Yeah. I'm also in the studio closet, quote unquote. I love how like, yeah, we're in the studio closet. <laughs> yeah. B- b- booth. We have a giant studio, but we prefer to record in the closet. It just made sense. <laughs> the acoustics are amazing. It's like Bender's Bender's apartment is a closet, but his actual closet is apartment. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Precisely. Yeah. So uh so okay. Before we get into Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Let's hear a little bit about this fucking Justice League, man. I got to Come on. <laughs> he, he's been teasing us all day. We've been conversing back and forth about this thing. Uh, hit it and quit it, baby. Yeah, I showed you guys like a minute of footage that, that looks like something that like it features something that like looks like came out of Command and Conquer from like 1996. Um, looks like the Brotherhood of Nob was talking. Basically, it was a, a, a supremely failed TV pilot for a... A sitcom-esque, like, roommate-style superhero show where The Flash, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, uh, The Atom, Fire and Ice, who I've never fucking heard of before, and The Martian Manhunter are on a team, and you'd think that would be the crux of the show. It's not. It's lots of Friends-esque drama, uh, relationship stuff. Barry Allen is a weird Guido stereotype who has no job and no direction. You know, notable notable Barry Allen from the comics was a forensic scientist. <laughs> how, hey, hey, does he does he go? Hey, how you doing? Is does he do that? Uh, Joe, you every character we've ever done that sounds like they're from the East Coast as a joke is what he sounds like for real. <laughs> he's like yo i'm barry allen you know and sometimes i just like to go bowling or something but i don't know if i want to get a job or anything i'm the fucking flashes or whatever's <laughs> it is fucking terrible um i have two questions connor just pure just, just what these characters look like specifically a does guy gardner have that horrible bowl cut and b what the hell does Martian Manhunter even look like? Martian Manhunter is a very portly short man with what looks like very, very quick makeup. <laughs> portly? So, so he's George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's barely in it. He's only, he only shows up at the end because he's basically like, I'm Martian, so I don't go outside. <laughs> Which is the show saying, this is on a budget, so we're not going to film this guy a whole lot. Sure. And Guy Gardner looks like any nondescript '90s like just white dude actor. Like, oh man, he's like, was he at least a damn ginger? No, um, but he's apparently. Oh, what the hell? Apparently, he's terrible with women. What? Have they ever picked up a Guy Gardner comic in their life? Hold on, hold on, hang on. <laughs> and every once in a while, the show will cut to sit-down interviews with the characters as themselves, like The Office. And they will talk about being a superhero to a completely unknown, unspecified, unnamed camera source. (laughs) 
So it's just like Monday Night Raw, you're telling me. I mean, like, now, I don't know what I'd prefer. I think I'd better take a pistol, to be honest. Um, And, like, as I'm watching this, I'm, like, I kind of have to mention this now because of how prevalent it is. The, C- the CWDC shows are very, very popular, obviously. And I have railed on them a lot, but I also have given them a lot of praise. And after watching this, I'm like, wow, so many things about those shows can be immediately forgiven just by watching this piece of trash. And it's 80 minutes. I didn't make it all the way through. The only person I saw I recognized was Miguel Ferrer um from like no twin peaks uh fucking oh shit what's that tales from the crypt oh who the hell does he play he is the weather wizard (laughs) oh my god he's the what he's the weather wizard he's the villain oh he's probably amazing though i mean he would be if you saw much of him because he's introduced and then he disappears for a while and then shows up again and then i skipped i skipped to the 70 minute mark of this fucking train wreck and that is when the villain is revealed, and that is when any semblance of any kind of heroics happens. Ugh. That's it. The only time the Adam shrinks is to save a cat and to fix a TV. <laughs> <laughs> the Flash is using his super speed to get into parties and clean dishes and eat. Why are you... Why? Guy Gardner is using his power ring to make an umbrella to shield a woman from rain. Um... And uh, this character, Ice, is apparently a shy person who tells stories to the camera how she kissed someone once and she froze their lips. There you go. That's the superhero show. <laughs> Are they, like, superheroes yet? Or is it, like, superhero college? Like, what you know, superhero uh, uh, first apartments? What is it? No. They're established superheroes at this point. Like, they are, like, this was supposed to be the Justice League for TV. Which is why I bring up the CW shows, because now on that pocket of shows, there is a Justice League for TV. And, like, give as much shit as you want to their shows. Yes, they get quite bad, but they are currently, I think, the most sincere effort on a TV level to get a cohesive DC, like, you know, universe for fans who love you know, those comics. Yeah. And the movies are getting progressively better. I would I would concur. This, however, was from 1997. Oh my god. What is inside two to three years of 1997 as far as comic book movies go? You have Blade, X-Men, and like what like there's a couple others I'm probably forgetting. Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil, yeah. Yes. Which is which take it or leave it, whatever. Um, but like you can see that they're tarting they're starting to take this stuff more seriously. And I feel like even you go back as far as the nineties and the people who are making Marvel films, the people who are making DC adaptations, there's always been this weird gap as far as who's getting it faster and who is really fucking it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's almost it's embarrassing, honestly. And like <laughs> after I sat down with it and like just consumed it, here's the thing: just like it's far worse than this fucking Fantastic Four movie. It's so much worse. <laughs> It sounds worse than this. It's so much fucking worse because nothing happens. Not a goddamn thing happens. Well, you know what else? You know what else to your point? You know, this was made at, at the literally so the fucking rights weren't lapsed, so they, they were bought by somebody else. That's the only reason this fucking movie was made, dude. Justice League does not have the same... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it has the same fucking uh, reason for being so shitty. No. In fact, I'm sure the motivations behind it were like, yeah, this is going to be the the TV debut of the Justice League. Ah! No, you get it? It's like it's like Friends and the Justice League. I mean, you can't miss. It's it, like just the, the, the concept and the way it's filmed and the way it's edited and the pace is just unbearable. Um, and I think 
for what it is compared to this thing I'm about to mention, it is far worse than the Star Wars Christmas special, <laughs> and it should be shot into space every single fucking copy of it. And I don't want to be that mean to anything like that, like, going forward, as I've said before, but it is, like... I'm sure even the people who made it were like, oh, God, that's terrible. My goodness. Uh, at least Star Wars Holiday Special is, like, charmingly bad, you know? It's also on-brand, and this is aggressively off-brand for everything in it. And also, it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. You gotta make a post-up about this piece of shit, dude. I did one when we watched Green Lantern, but I only focused on Guy Gardner. But I'll do a bigger one with everybody, because... Uh, my god it's fucking so bad <laughs> oh man you you gotta do some cuts from the can with some fucking uh seinfeld music and some friends music dude <laughs> there you go yes yeah so here's the thing the weather wizard is creating a hurricane and he likes to use weather puns but they saved the cat you said right they did save the cat it's raining cats and cats <laughs> he uh i can't remember what he won the use of the hurricane but later on in the uh in the movie i guess you call it he said he's basically going to drop uh, a big hailstorm everyone and he says the perfect storm no no he says get ready for your big halo huh <laughs> dude <laughs> miguel ferret no wonder he wears that fucking mask do you even see his face uh yes later on when he's like just like slamming a fucking computer with his with his fucking you know his fingers at some like weather tower or whatever the fuck it is and then like oh i'm sure he's hamming it up dude yeah um why well, no he's sleepwalking oh boy well everybody needs a paycheck right yeah yes but uh to dave's point adam uh ray palmer does save a cat um by uh, during this big hurricane this woman's like oh no whiskers and he's like i'll save your cat and he this fucking dime store shrinking effect and he just runs under the deck and goes get out of here and that's like his big heroic moment and that's it that's all he does which like ray palmer has been played by brandon routh as of recently fucking superman and he's on legends of tomorrow and he's one half of what i guess fans call like the super science bros which is Ray Palmer and Susan Steele, and they're a scientist and historian, respectively, and they're very relatable and very funny, and this is the aggressive nerd stereotype with a bad haircut, glasses, and a sweater vest. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, it's 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 all bad. It's all bad, and it should be, it should be destroyed. <laughs> uh, I concur. Dumpster, 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 <laughs> dumpster, 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 dumpster. We could hit it with uh, Doom's laser. Yeah, man. Oh, my. We should, and we should not. We should convince Johnny to not stop it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> we will fucking get to it. No, Johnny, stay. <laughs> so, Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four, the unreleased superhero movie um, that was shelved for, well reasons uh just just to hang on to the fucking rights this movie was literally made just to hang on to the rights of this film so this german producer uh beyond i can uh he goes to stan lee and he's he fucking buys the rights from stan lee for the fantastic four movie for two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> straight up well i'm sorry what year was this because I, I forgot to grab it 1983 Okay, this is well before, Dave, you might have to back me up on this one. This is well before Marvel starts hitting their extreme financial woes, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because, like, the reason why Spider-Man is in the death clutch of Sony is because 
in the 90s, Marvel almost died and they had to sell off the IPs to like, you know, movie studios and all kinds of stuff like that to save the company. So, yeah, now they got now they're fucking Bilbo Baggins in that shit. Yeah. And so it's interesting that like this happens just so far, uh, you know, before that they're uh, not only are they Bilbo, Joe, but they're Bilbo with four fucking arms. That's how big they are. That's true. This is true. Yeah. Just trying to promote the arena commentary track. That's all. Get on that Patreon and listen to that arena uh, commentary track. Five or ten dollar tears. <laughs> that took me a second. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Sean is the master of just turning any conversation into a marketing ploy, but I God, I love him for it because I wouldn't do it as much as he does. Hey, I gotta try. Go listen to the shit, please. Um. <laughs> also, just go watch Arena. My God, that movie fucking rules. Oh my God. Yeah, that movie's awesome. That's that's definitely going to be a future episode. Uh, so so stay tuned uh, for that too. So yeah, uh, burned uh, beyond I can ju- buys the rights to uh, the Fantastic Four movie for two hundred fifty thousand dollars through his company Constantin Film, and um, and he they bought it up like before Warner Brothers or Columbia wanted because I I don't think at that time there were any plans to do like like fantastic four was something that was just like unfathomable to kind of do right you got superman we get batman a couple years later but nothing like okay we're gonna make this fucking rock man and this guy who stretches and this other guy who fucking lights on you know what i mean so they were like yeah no how could you even adapt that right sure i mean some of that yeah and i guess when we get into the movie we can see why some of that works and some of it doesn't yeah yeah well especially like uh, especially, like, a major studio, I guess, investing in it at the time. Like... Right. What a what a large studio... And now, we're talking about Roger Corman, and he's... he's For all intents and purposes, he's an independent producer, okay? With, with, with New Horizons and New Concord. But if somebody like Warner got a hold of it, they would be pumping millions of dollars into it, and if it looked like shit, they were burned. You know what I mean? Corman's like, yeah, I make bullshit all the time. It's fine. Like, let's let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. But you, but first of all, he's far more applied about it. He's like, I make bullshit all the time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's charming and it's fun, right? Yeah. That's why I love Corman, because, like, listen to him talk, you're like, you could sell fucking water to, I don't know, uh, like... What's the metaphor there? I forget what it is. To an Atlantean, yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, because just his his cadence and tone is so polite and gentle that he could probably convince you to like to let him stab you in the stomach. <laughs> and I'm just busting his balls, right? Because like I love Roger Corman, and yes, he's a pioneer of, of the of the independent uh, uh, filmmaking world. He's also like a godfather to the show because Frank is unbound and all that shit. And we bust his chops just like our favorite uncle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take pot shots at him at the fucking barbecue when he's had too many beers. Yeah, Cor- Corman doesn't have too many beers. He just has too many shitty movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 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 Dino uh, De Laurentiis, I, I give legitimate shit to because he sounds like a weird monster who doesn't understand what he's doing. Oh, Dino De Laurentiis is the grandpa who sent you three do- $5 and a birthday card. <laughs> yeah. And he's the one that's like the only one at the party with his shirt off and he's making it awkward. <laughs> he's he's the he's the, he's the uh, father-in-law that comes over and he's like, oh, those, those Christmas lights are twinkling clark <laughs> he's the he's the dad you have that if you're sweating to death and you crank the air down a little bit he comes in your room and beats your ass like oh yeah don't touch that thermostat man <laughs> don't touch that thermostat <laughs> you're getting the wooden spoon across the fucking fingers there hey time to die you touch the thermostat <laughs> and then he puts a cigar out in your eye <laughs> um so <laughs> so anyway so he buys the rights in uh uh 83 bernard or burned whatever 
um, and uh, they lapse every 10 years. So in 1992, the the rights for the Fantastic Four movie are going to lapse, and from what I understand, nobody wants to touch it, right? But he also needs to have a movie. He can't just buy the rights again. He needs to make a movie in order to keep the rights. So he, instead of approaching, you know, Columbia or Warner or, or some other bigwig organization, he approaches Roger Corman and he basically says, like, look, I'm going to give you a million dollars and you're going to make a Fantastic Four movie. And Roger Corman's like, of course I'm going to make a Fantastic Four movie. Give me the million dollars. And uh, and he does. Now, the problem with this is they never intended on releasing this film, which is super shitty for everybody involved, right? So, you so like... It's this weird thing where, you know, again, you have Superman and you have, you know, Batman's come out in 89 already, even though this feel this movie feels like it, it came out in like 1982. <laughs> it sure does. Well, just to give you an idea, like how prolific and stylish, uh, uh, prolific and stylish like Batman 89 is, you know? Oh, yeah. Just in terms of the superhero movie, you know? This movie looks like it came out the exact same year as the Red Brown Captain America, where he's got the big, dumb motorcycle helmet and, like... Yes, I thought the same thing. And, like, his his super ability is to, like, fake being sick and then steal somebody's <laughs> car. Which he does, like, four times in that movie. It, it looks like it came out, like, the same week. It Like, it doesn't exist in the same universe as, like, 89 Punisher, right? Oh, hell no. No, no way. No, which is, like... No, I'm saying, like, the way it feels, right? Yeah, no, not at all. And, like, it's weird because I think Punisher does a lot more with a lot less. Because, like, they don't lean on the comic book too hard at all. Like, Well, they spent most of their budget on explosions. And cocaine. Yeah, yeah but, but what I'm saying is there's no, like, comic book iconography in that movie. Like, he doesn't even have the skull logo. And in this, like, this is, these are the fucking Fantastic Four. They make sure to say it at least six times. <laughs> Yeah, once Susan makes those suits, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> I made these, and everyone's like, why? So, so yeah, so everybody involved in the production was, like, super into it. They were like, holy shit, we're making a Fantastic Four movie? Um, like, even the production designers and the costume designers, uh, which we'll get to some of the costumes in this movie, but, like, they went out and they bought, you know, Fantastic Four comic books and like told the told uh people at the comic book store and people were like holy shit are you serious you're making a motherfucking fantastic four comic book movie i mean uh, a fantastic four movie uh are you going to be faithful to the comic and they're like well yeah that's why we're buying the comic books and uh and they were and uh so so the shitty the, the shitty thing about this is again it, this this movie was made for as cheap as it possibly could have been to where they could fake it enough where they were like, hey, we made this movie for a million bucks and like we really tried hard, but ultimately was not released just because just just to be uh, proof that they that they made the film so that the the rights wouldn't lapse. So it even goes so far as to be like uh, the actors and actresses on set and the crew got wind of it and they were like, Yo, Corm, like, yo, uh, uh, Ossie, like, what the, what the fuck, man? Like, what's going on? Like, what's going on with this movie? And he's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it, we were saying if it doesn't work out, it distributes, if your distribution doesn't work out, you know, we'll turn it into a TV series or whatever. So he, so they, everybody was getting smoke blown up their ass while they were making this film. And my big question is, so they make this movie, right? And they, keep the rights but they never release it how is that legal to make a movie that you don't release to keep the rights but you're not actually like did they just go to like 
you know, whoever, whosoever's in charge of like uh, the the law of the, I guess, I don't know. Some did they go to court and they like screened it in court and they're like, look, we made it, so now we get to keep it. They made everyone sit through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> instead of a instead of a gavel, he has a those little like the fucking black and white boards, just snaps it down. Like right, but like, do you see what I'm saying? Like what like. Like, they would have to release it. Oh, yeah. In order for it to even fucking count. But it was passed by the Motion Picture Association of America because it has a rating. It has the fucking thing at the end of the, in the bumper in the credits. I mean, I, I don't know, but um, well, <laughs> I'm sure there are other studios who could maybe learn a lesson from that <clears throat> dimension. Um, because uh, they, in a similar situation, Hellraiser has been uh, basically kept as an undead series for the past... <sighs> I don't know. Actually, it's a long time at this point. Um, and Hellraiser Revelation, Hellraiser Revelations was made to keep the rights to Hellraiser, and it's a fucking abomination. <laughs> Ugh, that that's such a sad thing. I think the past three movies have been made to keep the rights because there was like two detective movies that were Hellraiser movies, and they just threw in Douglas Bradley just to make it a Hellraiser movie. Just to say he was in it, right? Yes. Uh, Hellworld is definitely one of those. Yeah, yeah. Where he's he's in it like at the end. He's like, I'm a simulation now. One, co- one could even argue that the most recent Fantastic Four movie was probably made just to keep the rights. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to mention that a little bit. Like, I, it, It's weird how many times this team has been interpreted by different people and how um, I feel like... Honestly, my opinions of the movie aside, I feel like this is probably the most faithful one. I think so. In terms in terms of like how they operate and what they look like. Yeah. I I I mean maybe I'll get flack for even saying this, but I remember liking parts of the Silver Surfer, but I mean I hated a lot of that movie, but there are parts of it I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it should be like. There's parts of both of those movies that are good. I agree. The Silver Surfer is I think the best part of that movie. Yes. It's just the stuff with the Galactus and some of the interactions kind of like lose me obviously, but shoehorned. Well, that and the the Galactus visual was also part of like the rights and IPs and stuff like that. That's why they couldn't technically show true Galactus, but they could use the name. Which is fucking dumb. Like, why even bother then? But with Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, like, I th- I like the idea of someone saying, well, like, what happened to these people was low-key horrifying, so why not lean into that? But then he leans into it so fucking aggressively that, like, it's it's a it's a joyless, you know, chore to get through that movie. And then at some point... C-3PO Rave Doom shows up, and he's blowing people's heads up. I'm like, this is a Fantastic <laughs> Four movie. Well, like, okay, fucking, some fucking scanners ass <laughs> shit. Uh, the first the first half of that movie is good. I was invested in it, and then I was like, what are you doing? Like, the idea of, like, the thing being in constant pain, or Reed not being able to keep his body, like, you know, in one cohesive structure, or Johnny being in agony because his body keeps bursting into flames is an interesting idea, but I, but maybe people may not want to see that. <laughs> it's this funny thing where it's like all grim dark and shit, and then like at the end of the movie, it's like grim dark. Yeah, Ben Grim Dark. Ben Grim Dark. <laughs> at the end of the movie, it's like it's like uh, it all of a sudden becomes like this lighthearted thing where they're like, yeah, well, I guess we're some kind of Fantastic Four. <laughs> what are we, some kind of Fantastic Four squad? <laughs> and it was just like Jesus Christ, like end me. <laughs> must be clobbering time, TM. Oh, must be clobbering time. 
for real this time. <laughs> I don't know. It's like that thing again. I, what the fuck do I really know? But I just like, I would love to see them in the MCU. Just like, I, we don't need another origin movie. Like, do like they did with Spider-Man. They're already the Fantastic Four. We've already got past the part where Ben's upset that he's the fucking rock man. So I don't have to see that again. Yeah. Uh, Let's just, he's walking around in the goddamn trench coat, fucking stalking somebody, and then shit pops off. Yeah, hanging out with the fucking Ninja Turtles, dude. He's Raphaeling it up. That's what I want to see. Andrea from Walking Dead is like, I love you, Ben. Come back. Oh, my God. You're terrifying. I'm leaving the movie now. Right. Maybe he maybe he really likes In-N-Out Burger or something. Who knows? I, I think the problem with adapting the Fantastic Four is that they have always felt uh, very much the product of the 60s. Like, they're this weird nuclear family where, like, yes, Reed and Sue and Johnny and Ben all live together. It's like, what do you mean you all live together? Well, it's Silver Age through and through. And it, it and they're Marvel's first family, dude. I mean... Yeah, and then Reed is like... Like, I think if you mention his name a lot of people who grew up around that are going to picture this middle-aged man smoking a pipe who is like sue get in the kitchen blah like <laughs> you're you're 20 years younger than i am come here you yeah <laughs> i i get that but and, and again i was talking about this with you guys a little bit before we uh started recording but like it, it's kind of even harder for me to explain but like the Fantastic Four aren't even in, like, my top ten superheroes if I had to, like, even sit there and write it out. But I, there's something about them that I like a lot. And I've read, I mean, I haven't run a, read a ton of their comics, but I've read, you know, you know, a couple dozen. And uh, I just, their dynamic is just so good. And it's like, yeah, you're poking fun a little bit about that, Connor, with them being a family unit. And it's like, not not so much in recent years as far as I know. They, they don't just hang out at home all the time. Like, it's a 50 sitcom, but... Yeah. No, no, but I think that... When the adaption process begins, there are people in pl- like places of power and authority and who make decisions and have all the money who are like the Fantastic Four, that old timey whatever the fuck. Because like it's just it, they have these people don't keep up with you know changes to these sort of materials. So and the other thing I was gonna say, I'm sure we're we're gonna arrive at this point too. The Fantastic Four are not superheroes. They are problem solvers, scientists, explorers. They are they're not gonna suit up and jump into a fight like the x-men are not in the same way i agree yeah depends on the caliber of what they're facing yeah and like i think their their weapons are like i think ben is like okay our brains have failed please go smash things clobber in time yeah and like johnny is johnny's kind of versatile because he can be an avenger he can be in the x-men he can be you know on the fantastic four he's very versatile but like he could just be in spider-man comics forever just because they're exactly i always like that dynamic because i've read a lot of spider-man and he's in a lot of the i mean i'm sure he still is to this day but he was in a lot of those early comics and they're always bickering and shit yeah but it makes for good yeah it makes for good comic for sure yeah but like the fantastic four to me were never a oh my god send in the fantastic four like no you you have them on the sides because they they're problem solved and they're they're great uh, assets to a bigger problem. There's a big uh, petition on the internet for uh, Jim Halpert to be the next Reed Richards. I could see it. So. Oh, 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 from the office. Yeah, I, whatever that guy's name is. Oh, uh, uh, Krasinski. Yeah. I, you know, I just I would love to see them in the MCU because it's like the Baxter Building is so iconic. I know, like, kind of the Stark Towers kind of overtaken its place. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Sean, because it, I forget which film it is but they totally sell it to somebody it's far from home is it far from home yeah it's far from home they sell it to so during the ending where mj and peter are doing their swing they swing by the base of stark tower and below it it says something new is coming it says one two three and the four is obscured yeah no no i think i think you think the music is 
Oh, the Jurassic Park theme? Yeah. You mean dangerously close to the the somber Jurassic Park theme? I was having flashbacks to Mosquito when we kept hearing the goddamn hook theme during this film. Like... John Williams, come on. He must have been like, what are you doing? Yeah. You, you want us to start talking about this? I know we're kind of going off on a side tangent about the group as a whole because they're kind of interesting to talk about. It, it just in general, like the like the Fantastic Four comic and stuff and like uh, that arc, that series, like that, that this team, right? Not necessarily, or this family, whatever you want to address them as, was the reason that like Stan Lee kept making comic books, right? Mm. And in and within this series, like they introduce all of these ideas that run deep throughout, like all of like the Marvel lore and stuff, and that have right. involved so many other characters, like Black Panther and the Inhumans and shit like that. Uh, Adam Warlock and the fuck and Galactus and all and, and all that shit. The Kree, the Skrull, like all of that stuff is was born out of uh, Fantastic Four. Where were they actually in Miss Marvel or Miss Marvel? Yeah, uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Officially, they were in Miss Marvel. Uh, technically, they were supposed to be in Avengers, but they didn't obtain the rights to the word scroll yet, so they created the Chitauri or whatever they called them. Oh, that's right. That's right. Are oh, you talking about the MCU? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were also supposed to be in Dark Phoenix, the last X-Men movie, um, but there was a scuffle between Fox and Marvel, and basically uh, a really, really cool action sequence at the end of that pretty all right movie is lessened because... What were supposed to be scrolls are just regular ass people who happen to be aliens, and that's it. But they are, but they're shapeshifters, basically. <laughs> right, exactly. They're green. They have pointy ears. They can change shape. Uh, they're fucking cool. They do some cool shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they they are like some of the main villains, or at least the ones that I associate with the Fantastic Four. Uh, Galactus, Silver Surfer, the Super Scroll, yeah, Mole People, which I think is funny because. Doom's motivation in this movie is to basically become Super Scroll. <laughs> yeah, it's straight up. <laughs> well, and Doom, Doom is one of those characters. I think Doom and Reed Richards specifically, and I guess you could argue Johnny a little bit, have kind of like they're bigger than the Fantastic Four. I would argue, especially like because Reed in the comics is always like one of those top minds building shit with uh, you know like Iron Man and Bruce Banner and Spider Man and and you know Hank Pym. He's always like in, at the top of the uh, food chain in that department. And then, you know, like I was saying earlier, Johnny Storm was always going off doing shit with Spider-Man and the X-Men. Who was originally a fucking android, P.S. <laughs> um, yes, he was. Uh, and there's a nod to that in Iron Man 2. <laughs> Doom uh, Doom and Reed are very much Holmes and Moriarty. Uh, Doom is, and going off of the, the idea that, like, there's a lot of concepts and ideas in Fantastic Four that have grown larger than that have become very prolific doom became the god of the multiverse for a while during the oh uh, i think the new secret wars that was a couple years ago like it was a it's tied to uh mark uh, and, uh hickman's avengers run where the death of the multiverse happened the ultimate universe was destroyed several parallel earths were destroyed uh and doom somehow finds a way to rise above all of that and has his own little planet called battle world and like all the Marvel continuity exists in this one fucking ridiculous chaotic planet where, like, Civil War is this portion and fucking Secret Wars is over here. And then, you know, it, it's, uh, there's a, there's World War Hulk over here. There's a zombie section. There's an Age of Ultron country. Like, it's insane. I fucking love that, that, uh, that run. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Doom becomes a god 
and has like a cabal of of other characters like Stephen Strange, Sue Storm, and like other people who are basically his right and left hands. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fucking bat. I love Doctor Doom so much. He's that conniving, backstabbing, fucking lying piece of shit. He's also the leader of his own country. He has swagger. Like he's a he's like I Latvia. Or Latveria, excuse me. Yeah, he's like, I understand that I am the fucking coolest dude in this room, and no one's gonna tell me otherwise. I love the concept, like, when Kirby and Lee were, like, working on him, they were like, well, Stan Lee was like, I gotta name Dr. Doom! And, you know, Kirby was like, okay, well, guess what? Here's this fucking, you know, introspective of this character where it's like, you know, he's very, like, he's like a perfectionist, and... The idea of him, like, wearing the suit and shit was supposed to be, uh like covering up his imperfections because he had like he was in this accident or whatever but he only like when when Kirby drew him what, with his mask off he just had like this one little scar on his face and like the reason that he's a fucking maniac is because he's imperfect and everybody to him uh looks perfect so that's why he wants to fucking make everybody miserable like him that's his whole fucking angle. Yeah, he's a fantastic megalomaniac. Yeah, pretty much. And he could shoot lasers out of his hands. Yeah, there's... So- okay, so that pisses me off because not once, not yet, has have they mixed Doctor Doom's, like, arcane and technology shit together. I mean, he does a little bit of that at the end, I want to say, of the first uh, one with Jessica Alba. He has, like, lightning and shit. Yeah, but isn't that, like, from the suit? It's not necessarily, like, magic. Ah, yeah, I don't remember. And, like, the whole, like, his whole, like, how he gets all fucked up is because he makes, like, some kind of device to, like, contact, because, like, Mephesto killed his mom or some shit, so he tries to, like, make this device that, like, like a resonator that lets him connect with the fucking underworld, like, the, the, uh, you know, the afterlife. And it, like, explodes in his fucking dorm room. (laughs) If I recall, he's also fucked with Mephisto just for fun, because that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, He's just so fucking cool, man. I I stole the devil's lunch money. Yeah, that's something he would do. Because it was a Wednesday, and I was bored. (laughs) Yeah, he would be like, he is kind of like the M. Bison of the fucking MCU. It it was Tuesday. It's funny, because (laughs) M. Bison's a lot like Doctor Doom in that movie. He is! He also monologues like a motherfucker, the two of them. Well, yeah. Uh, I don't think Raul Julia got uh, overtaken by squirrels at any point, though. No, no. No, that's very true. We should bring that up. Dr. Doom has been undone by Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I've been fucking... I, dude, I've been waiting for you to, to to say it the whole time. I was like, where's where's Connor with the Squirrel Girl thing? Fuck Squirrel Girl. Well, there. okay, there's there's two notorious uh, Doom memes out there. One is, uh, yeah, it's Doom swatting away squirrels, and he's like, confound these rodents. Everyone I swat away, another one vexes me. Um... And then there's the other one where it's like, I don't, I can't remember the context of this, but Namor is like, no, Doom, don't. And he's like, fool, Doom does as he pleases. And he just toots a horn. That's <laughs> <laughs> the fucking best. I have no idea what the context is. I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a part in like the, orig- the, the original uh, uh, 70s uh, Infinity uh, Gauntlet arc where him and Ke- or it's like right after uh, Infinity Gauntlet and it's bleeding over into Infinity War. And it's, like, Doctor Doom and Kang, like, arguing how they're going to steal the gauntlet from Thanos. 
It's the funniest shit. I gotta dig it out and 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 I'm sure it's lots of like just verbose nonsense, just like fool, Doom will take the gauntlet, blah blah blah. Doom's basically like, yeah, of course, sure, you could do that. And then there's like a like an inner bubble where it's like, and then I'll fucking rip your head off and you know, or whatever. And then I'll take yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh but anyway, so yeah, that that's been that's been comic book hour with movie dumpster. No. <laughs> we haven't had one of these since Green Lantern, I don't think. It was gonna happen. Look, we it, I really I really wanted to do that and talk about the comic stuff especially because dave's on and, and stuff and just like the evolution of these things and especially because we're like right on the cusp uh, of this team kind of breaking out into the mcu i mean it's coming guys like really soon it's a it's been a long time coming i would love to see it again i i don't think we need a fucking origin just get him going right off the bat just get him into a story it's very much like oh yeah who's this oh this is reed richards he's my friend okay cool and then we just no, no, Sean. We have to we have to watch Uncle Ben get shot for the seventieth time. Okay, we have to <laughs> yeah, give it. Do, you know, do it in flashbacks. Do something like think of a better way to go about it. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not another thing origin story. Just like we have to watch the Waynes get shot to death every two years. I I was just thinking about Uncle Ben wearing a pearl necklace. <laughs> now that would be some funny shit to be like a multiverse thing, Ben. Ben, why did you say that name? Uh, it's my name. <laughs> he falls down, he's like, Martha, and Peter's like, May? I'm not gonna lie, I would be down to see Martin Sheen get killed again, though, in No Way Home. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> but you know how they kill him? They don't shoot him, they drop him off a building, like, from The Departed. Oh. Uncle Ben, he fucking comes out, the blood splatter hits Peter in the face. <laughs> Dave, I just want to touch on that real fast. I think that is the most, like, unintentionally hilarious depiction of Uncle Ben's death because he sees a man with a gun, he's like, I'll box your ears, kid, and they just get shot. Like, (laughs) 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 fuck you. Uh, I don't want to talk about Spidey too much because we're probably going to talk about that at some point, but, like, goddamn, that looks so good. I'm so excited for all the ideas that I see cooking up in that fucking thing. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. My question is, are they going to have the Japanese Spider-Man with his fucking, with his... Mechzord? Yeah, with his Mechazord. In the MDU, you might see that. Yeah. He's he's bummed. He didn't get called for the fucking for the shoot for the Marvel shoots. Yeah, <laughs> he shows up. He shows up to the MDU. He's like, oh, I think I uh, got my wires crossed. Doctor Strange fucking f- thrusted him into the MDU. Yeah, that's that's where he resides now. Um. So yeah. So Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um. What can I say? Uh. I guess. Or where? Or where do you guys want to start? Rather, because like. It's just an. It, I want to say I'm going to say it's another origin story, but it's the origin story. It's the first. It's the first one. I kind of want to at least talk about a little bit this opening segment that kind of leads us into the rest of the movie because yeah, some of this I like and some of it I'm just like okay, like I get what they're going for, but maybe the casting needed a little bit more work. Uh, some of the character dynamics are problematic with a capital fucking P. <laughs> And they didn't need to be, because it's like, why is why is Susan Richards as she? You know, well, I guess she's not. She. Oh, we're just gonna go right for the jugular. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's Susan Storm at the time. This is a fucking elephant in the room. So yeah, it is. It is. It is. This movie establishes the four characters with Reed and Ben being basically grown ass men, <laughs> college students with with Victor, which is part of the, the I guess the yeah the original story or whatever. So, so Johnny and Susan are children. Yeah, way younger than they should be. They are 
fucking children. And at some point, Reed is like, hey, good things are happening. And he kisses Sue on the cheek. And she goes, he's dreamy. <laughs> played by, by the way, by the woman that played fucking Amanda in the uh, Adams Family movies. That bitch that's trying to uh, sell Girl Scout c- uh, cookies. Oh, shit. Yeah, Mercedes McCab-, McCab or whatever her fucking name is. But yeah, also, and then, uh, so that is a very creepy way to establish their relationship because yeah because i was looking it up and in the original comic uh it kind of does open similarly how they do meet at a, at a boarding school but she's like 17 so it's like when they meet again later it's not as weird uh but this is like yeah 14 and he's like in his early 20s and then they like skip ahead 10 years after uh something happens and then it's like oh well now sure who gives a shit it's just weird that that opening scene was there (laughs) well it's weird that she then waited around i guess for him to just rematerialize and she's like hello lover boy and it's like dude he's like pushing 40 (laughs) yeah that is some serial killer shit man like you know, she she's obsessive compulsive. Uh, just real quick before we get, because uh, I want to keep going on that, but like the the amount of just like hand waving sciency bullshit in this, <laughs> it's like worse than Jurassic Park. Oh my goodness, dude! It's just like yeah, uh, Colossus, uh, the the big energy thing, and we built this fucking dark crystal observatory, fucking con- great conjunction thing, um, yada yada, science. Fire, yada, faster than light! <laughs> yeah, a, uh, a faceless meatloaf is just floating in space, and it's just filled with energy. <laughs> yeah. Colobos. Oh, there you go, yeah. He would do anything for light speed. <laughs> it's like, they are treating this, like, energy or whatever the fuck it is, Colossus, Colobos, whatever the hell it's called. Like, Oh, it's it's a living, breathing thing. We're gonna capture it and harness its energy. Well, okay. Well, before before he says its name, I'm like, is he gonna say Galactus? And then he's just like Colossus. Right. It's like a cosmic. It's like a nebula or something, isn't it? It's just some kind of spatial, you know, phenomenon. I guess it's some fucking swamp gas that reflected off of Venus, dude. That's what it is. Oh yeah. So yeah, Reed and Reed and fucking Ben are are just friends. Yeah, and they go to fucking they go to the halfway house or whatever the fuck it is, the boarding school house. And Sue and Johnny are there, and like that is so. I I just don't buy it, and it's like semi. It's like really disturbing that like because even Reed is like making eyes at the little girl. You know what I mean? It, it would be like if Uncle Joey, like when when Stephanie got a little older, was like, "Hey, we're not actually related, so you want to go out?" That's a perfect way to put it. It's like marrying your student. It's fucking weird. Yeah, and it's also like, why the fuck are they hanging out with these kids? Where's the connection? Played a little Nintendo. I think it says they live in that boarding house. Like I think them and them fuck them Hindendus, man. You know, for Meteor Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's her. I think it's their aunt. Is that? actually the woman that's watching them that they uh aunt may yep aunt may's in there she's watching the kids <laughs> yeah exactly she's she's putting their suits in their suitcases for them so wait so they're related <laughs> to her oh my god i don't know but um it's a dynamic that's so creepy it's it's a weird relationship angle because the more you explore it the weirder it gets <laughs> and they don't even talk about it like it's just again it's just hand waved like yep uh, science a uh, uh, weird relationship uh 10 years later here we go oh oh, ex- oh and victor got fucking electrocuted by the thing my my guess and again i didn't do heavy research on this uh and i i can't remember every little detail about their origin but i'm going to say probably 
they're implying that like Reed and Ben probably grew up there, and so they visit occasionally, and they get to know you know Johnny and Sue, and then you know shit happens later down the road. Yeah, she's got daddy issues, right? But they're friendly with uh, Susan and Johnny's aunt, who runs the boarding house. I was gonna say he seemed more like a like a Big Brother program, yeah, which makes it even weirder that he takes advantage of Sue. But yeah, yeah, like is that count as grooming? Is he grooming her? Oh yeah, I oh Dave, I hate it even more now. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, <laughs> Reed Richards, you fucking pedo. It's just and like they're a good couple, like you know when you get down to brass tacks and in the comics, but it's just so fucking weird. <laughs> Not in this. I was well, I was gonna say the back on the psycho comment about sue if you've read the comics everyone knows that she's a giant c because she's constantly bitching and moaning that reed doesn't spend enough time with her oh that's it right he's like just trying to keep the world from in collapsing on itself but yeah let me go have you know dinner with you oh she's a lawnmower man wife you didn't take me to the city oh yeah oh yeah reed didn't fucking take her to dinner dude i'm gonna go get brainwashed and shot by security <laughs> They do eventually have kids together. Uh, I know later on in the comics, I think it's like Franklin and I forget the daughter's name. Valerie, maybe. Oh, man, they 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 give birth to some fucking whiz kids like their kids are they're integral to the plot of uh, Hickman's Avengers run, because after the whole multiverse, thing, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Uh, It's weird. You brought them up and how creepy this is, because in the ultimate universe, they are uh, 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 they're twin testing. Yeah, I don't need that. No, thanks. According to a quick Google search. uh, Yeah, it's Franklin uh, Richards is the their son. And then the twin sister is I didn't even know this, but it's Valeria Megan Von Doom. She considers herself a Von Doom now. So uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody from the Phantom Zone, Connor, can maybe help me out with the uh, the through line on that. But that's uh, kind of interesting. On my Hickman's run, she uh, disowns herself because she's not being like uh, appreciated enough. And Doom, and then Doom swoops in and he's like, "Oh, I'll take your giant brain on my side." Yes, I think. Yeah, I think it's the same Avengers run, right? It's the whole. It's the because I have the big run on my shelf over there. It's five books. It's right before the Freedom Foundation starts. Right now that you mention that specifically, I feel like I actually read that comic. Isn't Valeria the name of like Doom's like love that he left in Latveria <laughs> to come to America? Uh, that I'm gonna, that I'm unsure of. I think so. Which is even fucking weirder because it's like, why would? Reed and Sue name their kid that. Well, she might just, she might have picked up an entirely new identity. I blame Jack Kirby. <laughs> anyway, it's like a little nod. Um, Yeah, Victor and Reed go to do, okay, I have to address this other character in this movie because there's a bunch of weird side characters. Um, One is just, here's the thing, one of them is straight up, don't argue with me, he's just Herkimer Hermerkel from fucking Congo, it's Tim Curry, okay? <laughs> He's just this weird, like, hello, I am here to do uh, nefarious things outside of the plot. Yeah, one, he's one of Doom's fucking Latveria mooks. Yeah, stop eating my sesame cake. He's a, he's a fucking Latverian Iggy and Spike, dude. That's what they are. Yes. Um, and there's the there's these fucking, like, Oliver Twist fucking, like, like, all, like, these, these, like, this gang of artful dodgers and shit, like, or Fagin. <laughs> you know who this is, right? This is an MDU icon. He was on the show a little earlier this year. This is Lubden. <laughs> Lubden's in charge of this group. This, he's a fucking jeweler, and there's this whole subplot about swapping out a big diamond that's supposed to power their ship. I took I took that as a nod to the mole people. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I thought he was one of the mole people, and it's like, well, why? That's what I thought it was, too. But why make him the jeweler? Why not just make him the mole? Budget. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
he looks basically the same, no? <laughs> they had these Oliver Twist fucking costumes in a closet somewhere. Yeah, they look like they look like nineteen or like like what is it, like Victorian era bums. Like they all have like patches on their hands. Newsies, yeah. And steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a steampunk <laughs> monocle. Yeah, well, I'm joking that he looks like Lubden, you know, the, the leprechaun, but uh, it's like, you know, if Lubden was wearing a goddamn Mad-Eye Mooney mask. <laughs> it's, yeah. Basically, yeah. Y- you know they're hanging out together. They're f- they're fucking playing poker at the table, too, man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you have, like, it's, it's like an A and B plot. Like, the A plot is the Fantastic Four and Doom, and the B plot is the jeweler and his gang of, like, Lollipop Guild people. Um <laughs> And, like, they've got this, and, like, at some points, the plots will intersect, but, like, when you jump from one to the other, you're like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Yeah, it's two movies. And, like, the main tie is Ben Grimm's squeeze that's not really even his girlfriend. Okay. Okay, We, we didn't cover the other part of the creepy relationship dynamics, because... On the way to this whole experiment with Victor Von Doom, who, by the way, they just call Victor. They don't ever have a last name for him. He's just Victor. Well, hang on one second. In the beginning, the, they have an, they have a weird experiment where they go into their fucking explorer's shed, and River Phoenix is there, and everything explodes, and Victor gets saved by Ben, but he dies, but he's taken away by Iggy and Spike to become king of uh, Latveria. Yeah, so they can weld some metal to him. Um, ben uh, is running up the stairs and knocks... It, this all this shit out of a blind woman's hands that shatters on the floor and he's first he's like kind of rude then he picks this woman up by the waist and just holds her really close to his face <laughs> like it's a child and he's like everything's gonna be okay ma'am and then she touches his face and she's like i've never she's like i've never met you but i'm madly in love with you she immediately tidal waves dude right in her drawers she fucking feels ben's face she's like he's so handsome yeah she starts uh, dropping some One Piece lines. She's like, Iso, Fujitora. She's like, oh, I blinded myself because the world was horrible. And now that I've met you, I regret blinding myself. Now, she doesn't do that, but that would have been pretty cool. Um, this guy, by the way, it's the guy who plays Pluto in the Hills Have Eyes remake. Oh. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Michael Bailey Smith, dude, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting choice for Ben because he's a fucking giant to begin with. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got a good voice for it, too. He's not in the suit, though, later, like in the animatronic suit. Yeah. Um. In the uh, Josh Trank Fantastic Four, they got Jamie Bell, who is a really good, uh, like, kind of young-looking English actor, to come in and do fuck all because they immediately... You know, they have the accent in the beginning, and then, like, he's just buried by the, that CGI monstrosity the entire time. Yeah. It's weird. And, I like, I vastly prefer any prosthetic or, you know, or practical versions of um, Ben because it's just, like, even this one, the tangibility of it is all that is the thing that matters the most. Like, if you can see it and you can touch it and it has... Yeah. I will say he looks like the character for the most part when he does get turned into him. I mean, there's a little bit of uh, that cheesy B-movie... Uh, quality to it of course but oh he's got some yoda eyes going on where just the face is all fucking malfunctioning sometimes <laughs> yeah I, I think for the budget and again you know we're talking this movie was made for quote unquote one million dollars i'm sure charlie pocketed a little bit of it roger yeah, or whoever the fuck it was one of them <laughs> charlie roger they're both con men at the end of the day Char- charlie's charlie's doing something else charlie's making puppet master three i think or two at this point uh, yeah um, yeah, Roger pocketed some money, I think, but, uh, I don't know. I still think the Michael Chiklis one's a little better, but again, you got, what, 15 years of technology advancing between them? Well, and then, I honestly, I think that's a testament to, like, how this movie handles the effects and the budget, because in a 15-year window, you have, you know, two versions of the thing that 
for the time they they're made, I mean, they both look fucking fantastic. No pun intended. Fanta- fantastic Four, yeah. They look like Fantastic Four. Um, and uh, I think the things, like I said, the tangibility and the fact that you can see it and you can touch it and you're like that has a texture. I imagine that you know I can feel really helps make that character look alive. Also, this movie. I think the people who are making it adored the thing because he easily has all the best scenes in the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he he was probably also the thing like, hey, we spent a lot of money on this, so let's fucking get him in front of the camera, okay? Let's get him in front of the camera, have him just punch things and punch things more and punch more things. Clobbering time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He looks fucking great and like... You know, we were talking before the show, and and I was like, I love this film, and you guys were like, you're fucking crazy, and it's like, well, (laughs) it's not a very good superhero movie, it's not a good Fantastic Four movie, but it's a fun-ass B movie is what it is. Yeah. Um, And and to (laughs) to see the thing, like, in full practical regalia in the suit for this first time with this animatronic face is just so fucking cool uh, to me. And uh, and again, like Doctor, well, we can get to it, but like Doctor Doom looks amazing too. Doctor Doom looks amazing, but the guy, okay, first of all, he sounds like you ever heard the 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 uh, the Star Wars footage where it's what's that actor's name who's playing Vader? It's just his voice, and he's like he's like search the ship, blah 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 blah, and he has a suit. <laughs> he sounds like that, except in this case, the fucking the, the helmet is obscuring his voice, so he's like. David Prowse. There we go. Yeah, and like he's monologuing and he's doing all these like exe- like these exuberant body motions and he's posing and he's clicking his fingers and he's Doctor Doom is like fucking Ganondorf in this movie. He's hanging out in his throne room with the flames and the fucking torches, just talking to himself, laughing maniacally. <laughs> he's he's fucking evil and he loves it. He's palpatine the whole time. But the, like I said. <sighs> I love it so much. He's he's muffled the whole time, so he's got this like this. I mean, Bane from Dark Knight Rises is easier to understand sometimes, and Tom Hardy is talking bibble babble nonsense in the movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, they didn't re-record him, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're never gonna release it, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, why would you? <laughs> Who cares? One of my favorite scenes is when, because, like, the Fantastic Four, like, needs a fucking diamond or whatever to go into space, because Reed Richards is like, hey, I built this, uh, uh, spaceship, uh, you want to fly it, Ben? Okay, you said you would that one time when I asked you if I built one, so you're doing it. Uh, by the way, let's go pick up Johnny and Sue because reasons, I don't know, science stuff or something. Because a long time ago, she said I look dreamer, so I want to see if I can, fu- can't, I want to follow up on that. <laughs> it's like, let's... <laughs> Let's go pick up John and Sue, because now she's legal. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. She sure is. Yeah. She walks down the fucking steps. They even got a goddamn light shining on her like she's an angel. Dude, if he had his powers already, his fucking dick would be out 16 feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would have grabbed her with. It would have, like, sprung out, like, beep, and, like, wrapped around her and pulled her towards him. Yeah. <laughs> wrapped around her. Oh, God, I hate it. Oh, man, she's stacked, too. She's come down the stairs. She's like, I'm 18 today. <laughs> Johnny, meanwhile, the entire movie, like, I don't know if this is the actor or the ca- or, or he thought this is how the character should have uh, acted. Seems like he's on a cocaine high the entire time. Well, uh, no, he's just, he's waiting till he can sing Private Life in his uh, apartment <laughs> setting because he looks like fucking Danny Elfman. Um, do you know who this is? No. No idea. This is the actor Jay Underwood. He is Bug from Uncle Buck. Bug? Nat? Is there a similarity here? Oh! Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, man. 
When they hit him with the, they tie him up and throw, he throws him in his fucking trunk. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember. <laughs> he fucking hits golf balls at him. Yeah, his performance can be best described as like a, an ADHD kid. He's just. This is my flaming hand. <laughs> he is. <laughs> if I if I had to pick on anybody, he is probably the weak link out of the main four. The Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, he he is the uh, limptastic four. Oh no. Of the four. Because I feel like the guy that plays Reed Richards is really good, and Sue is, you know, she's she's pretty good. They're fine. Uh, and, and Ben's really good. I mean, Ben and Reed are probably the best two. Well, Johnny's supposed to be like a young kid who's like, yeah, like let's yeah, let's do stuff. I like fast cars, fast women, fast food. You sure? Weird fire, <laughs> flaming on and flaming off. But it here's the flip, dude. Reed Richards likes little girls. <laughs> As we find out, he, uh, you know, he's got that black book with a bunch of names in it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Reed likes little girls. <laughs> Nobody wants to go on uh, Reed Richards' uh, private jet. Let's put it that way. Don't go on Reed Richards' computer. <laughs> but yeah, this is like 10 years later, like we were saying, and then uh, they're ready to do this experiment again with this fucking diamond. But uh, Mad-Eye, Mad-Eye Lubden fucking steals the uh, diamond and switches it out for a fake for this, like, aggro crag looking fucking thing. <laughs> like the trophy that you would win at the end. Dude, those are some Smithsonian fucking grow a crystal in a tank things, dude. It looks like a big sugar crystal, okay? It looks like something you can grow, like, in a glass in your kitchen. And this is, like, the first time I thought he was, like, a Lubden-type character. Because he's, like, poking out of the fucking sewer and this music playing behind him. And he's literally hopping over these fucking security <laughs> lasers. <laughs> I love how Doom has an eye on everybody. And he's watching this fucking troll steal this fucking diamond. And he's like, oh. Oh, look at this fucking guy. He's like, he's like, oh, he's doing the work for me. I don't even have to blow up the spaceship now. This is great. It's completely unrelated to the conflict between him and Reed and the family. And he's like, well, fucking no sweat off my fucking back. This, let this mutant steal that thing. He's like, oh, that worked out perfectly. I'll go see you later, little man. Hold on, I'll do it. Now you'll die in space. <laughs> <laughs> and they get out there. They fly this fucking shuttle. And uh, they're up there. And, you know, they're like, just kind of like looking at the sights. They're checking the earth out. And Reed's like, Dude. oh, shit. This thing's about to hit us any second. We got to get her. We got to start this experiment. This thing comes. He's like, hey, they're all, they're psyched. They're like, oh, yeah, here, here comes the thing. All right, fire up the crystal. And then, like, the thing starts overloading and turning around. And he's like, it's a fake. And then it just explodes. Before that even happens, the thing that crushed me because I watched it twice today was that he's like, all right, turning right. Like they put on a fucking <laughs> blinker in space. <laughs> George Jetson comes by. The CGI is, it's bad, but it, it's really fucking bad at the end. But for the most part, it's 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 not the worst thing we've seen. It's some Joby bullshit by the end, but uh, yeah, it's Lawnmower Man. The ending reminded me a lot. I was just about to say Lawnmower Man. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> but this this shuttle launch is not that bad, honestly. It didn't look too bad to me. No. Also, Joe, you delivered that it's fake with far more of a punch than he does in the movie. He's like, "Fuck, it's fake. <laughs> it's fake. It's fake." Oh no, we got to get out of here. And then they get hit, <laughs> and they're hit with like the solar fucking ray. It's like the, yeah. the again, the light of God is coming down on them. And then they fucking their plane crashes. And they just assume it's America. I don't know why. <laughs> They're plain. Whatever. They're, they're fantastic jet or whatever the fuck. They're fantastic jet. Dude, 
it, they're in space one second, it explodes, and then all of a sudden they wake up and they're on the ground like, hey, what happened? Jeez. Okay, hold on. I This is where my brain broke because this is just how I operate. Um, so as soon as it pans down to like the wreckage and they're all getting up and wandering around, I'm like, Reed is one thing. Ben, maybe another thing. Fire powers will not stop your body from being blown apart while you're re-entering the atmosphere. <laughs> no. What about, well, Sue has the shield, but yeah. And then subsequently crashing into the earth like Johnny would be in 70 pieces all over that fucking field. Well, I love how Reed keeps bringing that up like, yeah, okay, we just flew. We just dropped from orbit and we're, we don't even have any pain. He's like, oh, I think I'm in shock, but this still doesn't make any sense. Reed... You should be so dead. <laughs> I love the way all of the, um, you know, we talked a little bit, a bit about Ben's, uh, you know, being the thing and like how it's a whole prosthetic suit with like an animatronic like face, like Ninja Turtles. Um, I love how they do all their powers. Like it's su- it's such like simple like optic things. Like oh, Sue's invisible, so let's just like fade half of her out. You know what I mean? But like doing those effects then were was like cutting edge and like super hard to do too. Some of them look like Susan's stuff all looks fine. Yeah. I think it looks great. And then like some of even some of the Reed stretchy stuff is filmed convincingly enough to your, you don't immediately. I mean, towards the end when his fucking flappy Mickey hand is flying. Out of the oh my God, dude. That's one of my favorite parts. Uh, all the Reed stuff is fun too. Cause like they literally have a practical arm, like stretching across the fucking, you know, wherever he is or like a leg or something. Yeah. And it looks really cool. Like I like it. And the fire effects, some of them are good. And, but some like they go from like decent to like, dog shit yeah any anytime it's something quick or something they can pull off practically it's usually fine but the second that it's like a laser beam that's when it's like windows 98 or like reboot or some shit yeah oh yeah i think they land in latveria because they get picked up by this by these fucking guys (laughs) well they think it they think it's america yeah for some reason they 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 land in a random spot they're like Huh, this must be the U.S. military. Yeah, sure is. Okay, we'll go to your castle, dungeon, uh, secret laboratory. When you fly up into space, you just come right back down. They get interrogated by, like, this fucking doctor, which is kind of, there's some funny gags and stuff. You mean this doctor who looks like he's actually a secret Nazi who's working as a veterinarian? You're not from the immigration? I do not carry sedatives. <laughs> oh, dude, he's Victor Von Doom's right-hand man. Tranquilizers I do have. <laughs> I'm from Latveria. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is where you kind of get more info on their powers because they have this whole gag where he's trying to draw their blood and he can't do it. Oh, yeah, and he can't do it, yeah. But the whole end game here is, like, Dr. Doom, like, it, it's his doctor, like, excuse me, Victor Von Doom's doctor. <laughs> Dr. Doom's doctor. <laughs> examine the Fantastic Four. Yeah, the doc, Dr. Doom's doctor. Uh, and he comes back, he's like, mm, so what, uh, I, I almost did a fucking uh, bane. But he's <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's basically just like, yeah, so what are their powers? What can what can you do? Where, what, what can I get them? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I guess, you, I guess you could take them out of them. Hmm, let's take them out of them and put them inside me. Super scroll TM. Why, sir? I don't know. I don't have any real motivations. <laughs> Is it possible? <laughs> well, I think so. Great. Let's make a weapon that does it. Let's do it. That's where, like, the arcane technology thing comes in, but they don't even talk about it. They're just like, yep, here's a fucking link. Laser thing that yeah okay, sap the powers with green light effects. Yeah, I I I have a weird level of disdain for the stretchy power ability. So like, 
If I'm Doom, I look at Richards and go like, I don't think I need that. Like <laughs> that guy can turn to rocks, but it'll make my wiener bigger. That guy can <laughs> that guy can shoot fire, and that guy and that girl can make force fields become intangible. I don't think I need stretchy arms. It's not the stretchy arms, dude. It's the stretchy loins. Right. Well, that's key. Look, I'm thicker and longer. I only need his lower half. <laughs> Just give me Reed's penis. There's a de- degree of invulnerability though with Reed's power. So yeah, yeah, because he's basically he's he's like. He's rubber. He's rubber. Yeah, which is like, which is why when he says I'm, I can't feel any pain. Think of something shock. I'm like, yes, it completely makes sense that you would be mostly unharmed by that ship because you're just like gonna bounce around the whole. Fu- like you'd literally just go boing. And <laughs> I mean, at one point he goes full monkey D Luffy. Let's just make another One Piece reference. <laughs> oh, he, oh, straight up, dude. Yeah, he's fucking giving them the gum gum punch. Oh, that he does. He fucking dukes them both right in the face. <laughs> Um, have have any of you guys seen the It's a Venture Brothers episode where they do a Fantastic Four parody and Stephen Colbert voices the Reed parody? And, like, that's exactly how I imagine Reed Richard to be in real life. But, like, yeah, he's using his stretchability to, like, spy on people. He's stretching his neck across hallways to eavesdrop and stuff. <laughs> like... And he's becoming a trampoline, like it's hilarious. Oh my god! Just imagine, like just just stretching your ear, though. He, ugh, god. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my problem with it too. Is that like that level of like, to me, it's body horror. Oh yeah. Like that's it's just body horror, and like to the idea of someone stretching their ear makes my skin crawl. Like <laughs> he's like tombs in the fucking X Files episode. Ooh, oh. Well, that's like one of the one of the coolest panels. Speaking of like body horror, one of the coolest panels is from Secret Wars. And they're like torturing Reed, Reed Richards, so they have him in this device to continuously stretch him to maximum capacity. Oh. <laughs> and then and then he gets broken free, and he's just basically a blanket. It looks so gross. <laughs> but then they've like done weird shit in the comics where he like is like a helicopter, and it's like, all right, that's a little bit even. <laughs> even you're starting to lose me on that one. Only knives and stabbing weapons. That's like a Stretch Armstrong shit. Yeah, but they basically, like, they break out of this place through a series of events. Like, first they, like, steal a bunch of uh, hazmat suits from some uh, fucking workers they beat the shit out of. Yeah, they escape, basically. <laughs> they look like some dime store AIM employees. <laughs> like, they got the yellow fucking hazmat suits. Like, But but the key thing is, you know, they meet Doom and uh, Reed finds, like, some uh, paperwork that, you know, was on a desk. And eventually i don't remember if it's a little bit further into the movie or not but basically he uses this paper to figure out that victor von doom or you know victor or von whatever however you want to look at they're the same person dr doom is victor von doom who knew right real quick on the yellow hazmat suits and the aim like you said earlier because i didn't even know that about them going to the comic shop and getting the comic books that's i think one of the things that's so charming about this movie is the amount of like effort and passion put into it because if you're an actual like comic book fan you pick up on all of those things even though they're not expressed explicitly like yes that like like those weird diamond thieves are 100 percent based off the mole people <laughs> and like the the, the the yellow suits and the aim like that shit's been in the comic book so i'm sure they were pulling from all of that in wardrobe to like use in the movie and that's a big reason why i like it too like we were talking about before just like it's just a it's just a stupid it's a stupid movie, but it's fun to see all that shit, like, in action, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I think for for comic book movies, um, I'm going to use this because it's one of the more prolific and more recent ones. Like, <clears throat> say what you want about Snyder and his larger filmography, but 
his cut of Justice League as a DC fan is like a fucking buffet because there's so much shit in there. Because he has four hours to play with, he puts Star Labs, Themyscira, Atlantis, fucking Doom, uh, not Doomsday, Darkseid, Apocalypse, Steppen. He puts all of this fucking DC shit in there for you to chew on, and there's just enough of it for you to really enjoy it. And if you're a comic book fan and you go in there, you're like, oh my god, that's Granny Goodness standing in the background over there. Oh my god, that's the sod. <laughs> like, all this cool shit in there. And yeah, so this movie has... It may not be AIM specifically, but to Dave's point, like, maybe there was some, like, oh, we could maybe play around with these fucking weird beekeeper-looking dudes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Well, they even have, uh, like, Dr. Doom's minions, like the Doom Patrol or wherever the fuck they're supposed to be. The Doom Bots? Yeah, the Doom Bots, <laughs> yeah. And they have fucking, like, machine guns. <laughs> they're very vaguely, uh, like... I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to be. And, and they have that in Marvel vs. Capcom, too. Like, one of his specials is having the Doombots come out with Uzis. So it's... I forgot about that. It's right on point. It's fucking cool, dude. Like, there's a part where he... Go- so so they, they... The Fantastic Four fucks off to their wherever. The Baxter building. Yeah, the Baxter building. And they, like, have their own personal crises or whatever. And, you know, Ben has this whole thing where he's like, I'm a monster. Ben goes and becomes Raphael from the Ninja Turtles for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, he goes he goes and hangs out with the mole people right when Doc... To see a movie! That's where I'm going! His whole side story is uh, the one that kind of connects everything, because he finds the uh, woman that he's in love with was kidnapped by them, and is, like, being, like, held hostage, and, and because uh, the Lubden guy is like, Yeah, I have this diamond that's to fit for a queen, so I need a queen! She's, like, dressed like a, a, a harem girl, and he's like, She's my queen! So she is wrapped up in this because she is basically, like... I guess she's a sculptor or something. She's commissioned to do a memorial statue of these people who are presumed dead, the Fantastic Four. Mm. And like she's going over these like these these blank face models and she's reading like she's reading in Braille the names of who it's supposed to be and she's like Benjamin Grimm. Oh no, that man who accosted me in the hallway. Real quick, there's a part where she's sculpting his face like by touch. And she, like, rubs the lips of the fucking mannequin head and, like, rubs it seductively on her mouth while all while fucking Lubden's, like, across the street watching her fucking yanking it with his little fucking Mad-Eye Moody piece spying on her. <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of, like, him being Raphael and, like, storming off, when they break in to rob her and, like, take her, they come down, like, the fucking foot off the balcony on ropes. We have a message for you. <laughs> Do, 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 do. Yeah, and then the Jurassic Park music kicks up. I, I gotta tell you, anytime there's like <laughs> this, like, I don't know, maybe not in that scene in particular, but I just like, it kept coming back to it. Anytime there's like a speech or something kind of like heartfelt, they always go back to this like pseudo Jurassic Park music. Do, 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 do. Like when Susan brings out the suits and they're making fun of it, but they all wear it. Yeah. Uh, they play that, and it's just like, all right. <sighs> the suits, there's literally no reason for them to wear them. And Sue's like, I think I made these or something. Do you like it? I have one for you. Yeah, Ben, ben yours is just underwear. <laughs> Put some pants on, you weird rock man. She comes out with these these glorified feety pajamas, and she's like, here you go. We're the Fantastic Four. I made suits. And the the temperature of the room is like, did anyone ask her to do that? Or she just go off and fucking make... <laughs> Remember when my mom and the... Is it her mom or the aunt? Remember when the aunt in the beginning was like, yo, look at you. You're all the Fantastic Four TM. Don't blow up in a spaceship. <laughs> that was, you know, that kind of stuff does kind of kill me a little bit. And then, like... 
I, I'm happy he says clobber in time, but once would have been perfect. I don't need it three or four fucking times peppered throughout the movie. Uh, I think he says it like twice. I think it's three times, and I love the added like for real at the, at the last one. Yeah, Doom, it's clobber in times. Okay, maybe it's not. Okay, Dooms, it's clobbering times for real. Because they have this whole altercation in the mole people fucking hideout where Doom is like, he sends his people to get the uh, diamond back, but they they, they won't do anything because they see the thing there. And, oh, and they get shotguns pointed at their fucking heads by all the people. <laughs> Do- Doom walks in and the Doombots come in and just fucking mow all of the mole people down, dude. And he's like, ha! <laughs> That was funny. Oh, yeah. One of them even has, like, a railing kill. He just falls into some pit. <laughs> oh, my God. He drops somebody down, like, an endless pit. Like, that guy that gets, like, thrown down the bell tower in Batman. It's fucking great. I love that Doom has his own custom pistol, too. Like, he has Doom bots that all have these big, ridiculous rifles. It's like a German Luger, but, like, three times the size it's supposed to be. And, like, he has these these minions with, with machine guns who just mow this whole room down. And, like, finally, there's, like two or three more of these jackasses left and they have uh, uh ben's i guess soon to be girlfriend whatever yeah and you're like i'll kill her doom's like like i give a fuck <laughs> yeah. and then he's like get out of here little mo man and then he grabs her and ben's like let her go and he's like don't come any closer ben i'll shoot her brains out and he's like it's uh let it go again well we have to we have to address this because He's holding her hostage, and she's like, Ben, I love you. I'm like, no. You two have never met, like, (laughs) outside of the weird sculptor, like, the vase-smashing incident. (laughs) She likes his lips, dude. She's been thinking about his lips a lot. She can't wait to kiss him now that they're all rocky. Yeah. And then, like, so... I guess that like he's like beating the beast or some shit. Like <laughs> he's got a he's got a boulder somewhere in a glass case. She says he loves she loves him. He reverts back to human form and then just runs away. Yeah, at the worst time possible. They're like at machine gun fire on his ass. It's the power of love, man. You know. However, he goes back outside, like gets into like he, like and gets angry again, and he could conceivably run back inside and try again, and he just leaves. (laughs) Okay, I got two questions. Why didn't they shoot the shit out of him? And Doom's like, oh, forget about him. It doesn't matter. I have what I want. Uh, Why that? And also, like, is that's not a thing, right? The thing can't turn back into Ben. No. In fact, I think there was a recent comic. I don't know if you've seen this, Dave, but Hulk and Thing had a brawl. That's an old fight, too, man. Well, no, there's a newer one where Hulk smashed on him so badly that, like, the flesh underneath those rocks was exposed. Oh! There's no, there's no turning back. Um, if you try to remove that those rocks from his body, you're going to kill him. And, like, at some point, I think the Hulk knocks a chunk out of his head. And there's just, like, it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's brain matter, but there's meat. And he's like, I'm fucking done, dude. Like, <laughs> I gotta read that shit. I just want to see that. <laughs> I didn't read that one, but there was an ultimate, uh, Fantastic Four storyline where, like, his, his shingles start, like, falling off. And Reed's trying to figure out what's going on. Because it's literally just, like, exposed muscle tissue underneath. That's, that's a cool, like, angle to play it. Yeah. Uh, I just think about uh, World War Hulk, because I was looking that up earlier. And he just, there's a shot of the Hulk doing his classic ear smash attack on the thing. And it's like, this this dude's head is fucking dust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then they all, they all gather. They put their fucking suits on. Hulk, uh, 
Hulk, I must call him Hulk. Thing changes into his goddamn underwear. He takes off like the other famous thing. He wears the longer pants into the underwear. It's hot in Doom's in Doom's lair, dude. It's hot in there. <laughs> yeah, in the volcano from Dragon Ball Evolution. Well, he just got he just got torches in this fucking dark ass room, and he's covered in metal. I'm sure it's miserable in there. <laughs> it smells like leathery burnt bacon. This time they definitely use the Fantast Jet, and this thing looks so fucking bad. Yeah, this is like Beast Wars for PC bad. <laughs> oh, all of these, all of the CG at the end looks so fucking terrible, man. I well, there's one shot where Johnny does the the full flame on effect, where like he it's right before he sh- he takes off, where like. The flames are shooting out from his feet and hitting the floor. Yeah. That instance of that effect looks great. And then once he gets in the air and he becomes a flying T-pose, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> right. It looks like the fucking Dire Straits, I want my MTV music video. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a Weird Al parody. Yeah. <laughs> that little Johnny with the earring and the makeup. <laughs> that little Johnny's got a flame on, yeah. He's got to take out that laser beam before it destroys New York. Victor, like, is like, oh, oh, you broke free of the thing? Because Reed, like, they're, like, in this in this uh, tractor beam where they're getting, like, their power sucked out of them. He puts them in some This Island Earth fucking tube ceiling traps, whatever the fuck. But Reed, like, puts his fucking foot under... At first, I thought his big toe was gonna shoot out and do something. Wiggle your big toe, Reed. Yeah, he puts his whole foot out, and, like, his foot, like, stretches out, and he kicks the laser beam, and, like, it explodes. How, how, like, how poorly was this fucking laser set up that Reed could stretch one foot out and just give it like a dainty kick to the side and it goes like and just falls the fuck over <laughs> who knows Reed's not affected by it because like Sue is screaming with this fucking thing and he's just like yeah it tickles <laughs> yeah yeah whatever I've checked out of this movie <laughs> So, so the race is on because Doom's like, fuck, you escaped. Okay, shoot New York and shoot them. And so they go after fucking Doom. Why do I picture the sheriff of Nottingham from Men in Tights when you're doing these like, hurt them, hurt them, hurt, hurt you, hurt you, hurt the, yeah. Save them, sa- hurt them, hurt them, save me, save me. <laughs> you have got it. Illegal it forest peak kill is in peak kill wild. <laughs> I love this, like, final confrontation between Reed and Victor. It's a, it's a fucking punch fight. I love it. it. It's, it's, I love it because of how bad it is, per, to be perfectly honest, because they're, like, on a ledge of his castle arguing, and because Doom didn't end up getting the powers, he's basically can't do shit, and Reed just basically bitch slaps him off the side. Oh, yeah. They have a full Gaston uh, beast, like, <laughs> but, like, with far less intensity, and, like, it's basically just Doom standing there with his fucking dukes up. By the way, like, the Doom sound design is, like, every time he's moving, there's, like, a... Yeah, it's all clicky. Like, there's all these extra metallic sounds, and, like, dude is made of metal and doesn't throw one successful punch and just gets rattled by this man with fucking sideburns that are solid white who can stretch. Like He should have, like, electricity, and he should have fucking, like, you know, arc, you know magic power but he doesn't well he does whip out that enter the dragon hand so <laughs> oh yeah apparently he's a robot he should be flying around and handing reed his ass on a silver platter but like he just stands there and just gets punched in the face like seven times <laughs> do you do you think the hand in there that he cuts off so that you know you can't have reed richard save him for some reason well uh, do you think that's actually uh the winter stepfather's hand like the one that like turned into idle hand you know it had to get a job it needed to pay the bills right dude it, he fucking rebuilt it better stronger it's victor von doom's fucking right hand left hand right hand right hand <laughs> 
it's kind of like the hand of Vecna, but it's the hand of uh, <laughs> Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. I like that our uh, MDU, uh, like, super soldier programs are just as convoluted as Marvel's at this point. Like, there's just so many happening all at the same time in different countries. Oh, yeah, but, and it fits right in, dude. Yeah. Like a literal glove gauntlet, if you will. But, yeah, Doom's hanging off the fucking side of the uh, the uh, castle, and Reed reaches down and, like, stretches his arm out, and Doom would rather, you know, cut off his nose to spite him and cuts his hand or his arm off basically and falls to his doom (laughs) i love uh i love what he says here though because like reed grabs me he's like oh why are you saving me now why didn't you save me then when we were doing the experiment and you could we could have been famous you fucking idiot you fucked me over then and now you want to save me like what's wrong with you he dunks on him so fucking hard in the worst moment. Oh, yeah. Re- read the entire time the experiment's going wrong in the beginning of the movie. It was like, Victor, get the fuck out of there. Get the hell out of there. And he's just like, no, no, it's going to be okay. He's like, get the fuck out of there. And then it goes wrong. And he's like, why didn't you save me? Because if Reed just stayed at his post, he could have kept it contained, but he didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I, we, we didn't mention that Ben is the one who saves. We mentioned that Ben saved Doom, but it's all, like Ben saves Doom from what seemed like four miles away. He runs across like a whole college campus through a bunch of crowded people. (laughs) That's true, I forgot. Runs in there, runs around Reed and tackles the fuck out of Victor. And he's looking like, he he might as well have been like, dude. Like, Victor is being electrocuted for like three minutes straight while Ben runs to his rescue. (laughs) Yeah. Reed's like, oh no, Victor. And Reed is just like, ah, hell of a thing. Oh, my, my academic rival? Well, it might be a good idea if he gets shocked to death. Oh no, stop. I hope you're not dead. Oh no, dude. No, Ben, what are you doing here? Oh. And then here comes Ben, or Doyle rules, and fucking takes him out. Yeah. <laughs> Von Doom rules. Before we get to this final scene, I just want to talk about one other thing that... I get what they're going for, but I thought was kind of stupid was when Reed kind of discovers what why they got the powers they got, or at least his theory on it. Oh, yeah. Is he's like, oh, you know, he's like, you, you, you try to hide, and, and, you know, when you're shy, Susan, so that's why you got turned into the invisible woman. And, you know, I stretched myself too thin with work, so I got stretch powers. And, you know, Ben... Oh, yeah, you always use your brawn over your brain, so you turn into a fucking freak. And, uh, <laughs> Johnny, you had a hot head, I guess. I don't know. He's like, oh, yeah, that, Johnny, Johnny, you're, you're fast. You fire fast. You like fast cars and everything. You're, I don't know, fireball. God, look, look, they just activated their arcana, okay? They finally got their superpowers, all right? Oh, God. <laughs> but that's also, like, that's also a, a very cliff-noted statement of Stan Lee talking about why he gave each character their powers because every every character like Spider-Man then Fantastic Four like all those like main beginning characters are based off of like a trait or a time in his life which which I do enjoy uh, on paper I'm into it it just comes across a little weird well of course (laughs) when you when you announce it to the audience the way they did it comes off a little ham-fisted because, like, that's supposed to be something you pick up on as a, like, as a viewer or an audience member. Like, you're supposed to be like, oh, Reed's a workaholic. So, like, intrinsically, his powers manifested as stretching himself too thin. Like, I just thought that was weird, but I like, I didn't know that, Dave. Uh, that's pretty cool, actually, to me. Yeah, it's, it is cool. But to have a character come out and be, and, you know. Spell it out for you. Spell it out for That's why I think the arc, I point out arcanas because that's the dumbest fucking thing about the new mortal Kombat movie among other things but like yeah especially because like they make even less sense kano's like oh i'm angry oh laser uh. oh, i got a fucking laser mate better than fucking fireballs you pussy See- <laughs> 
<laughs> you fucking wooshu wanker. <laughs> fucking whoops. Yeah, that movie. Fuck that movie. I'm going to have nightmares <laughs> just thinking about it again. Well, Kano is the best part of that movie, so we can talk about him all day. <laughs> oh, he's easily. I don't. I can't even remember most of that movie except Kano. So, so the end of the, so we, so we boot up fucking Lawnmower Man and Johnny Storm flies with this laser beam and beats it to New York. But just barely. But just barely. And then, like, he puts himself... Dude, it's the funny... I can't, I gotta post the fucking video. He puts himself in front of the laser, and he just starts doing, like, somersaults in midair, going, ah, ah, ah! And it looks like shit, dude. <laughs> it's like something out of, like, robot chicken. <laughs> it, it's, he's getting rocked by this laser and just screaming. Um, He's sitting there. He's like, this is my private life. Ah! <laughs> He's like, my brother-in-law likes little girls. <laughs> he uses himself as a human shield, um, a human torch shield, and then just gets, like, rocked around. And then has, suddenly, it's a Kamehameha beam struggle. Like, he's fucking pushing it back. Like, yeah, yeah. Somehow better than the one in Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, d- well, well, this was an actual beam in Dragon Ball Evolution. They're just throwing fucking colored air at each other. What? Okay, fine. You stop the laser beam. What? transpires here is like he pushes the beam back and instead of the beam like just going all the way back to the gun and the gun exploding it has this weird like supernova effect in the middle of the fucking sky and it turns into like a black hole for a second and like explodes and then inverts on itself I don't know the budget had to go somewhere I Oh, we got these preloaded things. Just load them up. Make it a black hole. It'll be fun to look at. I'm Roger Corbin, <laughs> and I will now leave for the day. Oh, he's been gone, dude. With the rest of the money in my account. Thank- I will take my finder's fee. <laughs> Can't wait for this to get on the shelf. And then it just kind of wraps up. Like, we flash forward to Suen Reed's wedding, and... <laughs> Jesus Christ, why are they in the costumes? Why, why are they in the costumes? Sue is in a fucking wedding dress, and Reed showed up in his fucking superhero pajamas. Like, <laughs> so did John! And the thing, he's in the underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they get in the car, and they do the Just Mary thing, and I mentioned this before, but the fucking, the roof of the car opens up, it's a little, you know, the sunroof, and this giant... <laughs> Dude, it's a fucking fanoodle with a glove on it, and they're just waving it. <laughs> it is the fucking funniest looking thing. It's this... Yeah, Reed Richards' goddamn arm. I love it so much. It is this big, gloved fucking hand, and it comes out, it looks like Mickey Mouse's hand is just like... <laughs> <laughs> just fucking waving around. It's so stiff and rigid. <laughs> Somebody put a glove on a pool noodle. And then fucking credits. Like, it fades on that fucking, that slappy hand waving around. So, wh- okay, fellas, where is where are we putting this? Uh, With no malice whatsoever, dumpster. I think it's, a, it's an uncooked fucking piece of chicken. Okay. It's got weird-ass pacing, and it's very clearly made for the purpose of, like bureaucracy and you know rights maintenance it's it feels very unrefined it feels very sloppy and i think the the entire jeweler mole people subplot is completely unnecessary and it feels like it's there for padding which then goes back to like it just feels like you're doing this like i said for very selfish reasons and because you had no intention of releasing this like um to to an extent like the justice league pilot feels more complete even though it's still just just a ragged piece of shit. Um, but, like, this is still very amusing at times. Um, as I just demonstrated, like, it's the silliest looking fucking shit when that hand comes out of that car, and I can't stop thinking about how funny it looks. And this movie will make me laugh. 
but I don't think it's very good at all. And at times it kind of drags and it's a little frustrating. So dumpster, but it's really funny. <laughs> uh, that was going on the shelf for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. I will take this movie over any of the Avenger movies that have come out in the past 10 years. <laughs> I will say, I will say to, to, to supplement that this is the best fantastic four movie I've ever seen. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love, uh, despite like, whatever the legalities of this movie being made was, like I said earlier, you could just tell that the the cast and crew put the effort in and they didn't just be like, yeah, this is just something that we're doing for these six weeks. You could tell that there was time and thought put into at least what the crew were doing. Maybe not in the script so much, but uh, like I said, uh, I, I appreciate that more than anything else because I feel like half the time modern Marvel movies are just too get people in the seats because it's another thing to see. Just like I, to me, the Marvel movies now are fast and the furious. They're no better than that in those films. Damn. They just pump them out. Harsh. They just pump them out. <laughs> uh, I want to, I want to piggyback off, off of Dave. Um, this is on the shelf. Um, even though I should probably make a bootleg at some point and put it on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> cause I only have it as a fucking digital file, but um, again, it's not a very, it's not a, it's not a good, superhero movie it's not even a really good movie in general like it's not structured very well at all but i think it's a really fun comic book movie to look at like again like i was saying i was going to piggyback off dave like the production value they're working with like nothing but whoever again whoever was behind the costumes and i think optic nerve did all the um special effects for like ben for ben's makeup and the head and stuff like that in the costume um they gave it 110 fucking percent on like no money um and to have like all of those practical effects and like a full guy in a suit with a a, a animatronic head and even the fuck as as crude as they are uh, computer effects in 1994 um it's amazing what they did with it. And they really, who the people working on the movie expected this to be the next best fucking thing, like pioneers of this fucking, uh, of what they were doing. I feel like, um, but in the end, you know, unfortunately it, it, you know, it was just, it was put on the shelf because that was the fucking sole purpose to begin with. But, um, I think we got a weird, I mean, I'm glad this exists and we can watch it. I think I think we're very lucky to see it because because of how much work was put into this film. And um, again, it's not a great movie, but I, I I'm I'm happy to watch it. And I would I would probably fire this up like every few years or so. Just just to just, it's so fascinating that like how how this was how such a big IP was made and just fucking stuffed into a fucking can and thrown on a shelf you know what i mean like it's so bizarre to me that uh, that, that 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 happened um but yeah i'm glad it leaked and i'm glad we get to watch it um but yeah uh the shelf for sure this is one of those surface level dumpster movies for me if if they had a little bit more money and this was actually like intended for some kind of release even even like a vhs release uh and they had that extra scratch to kind of clean up those uh the cgi or or just the effects in general it might make its way off the top of the fucking dumpster onto the shelf but man ah i i don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination i had a pretty good time with this but this is kind of I feel like this is going to be a hard one for me to return to, but uh, kind of like Connor was saying, I, I don't have anything 
that negative to say about it besides just picking on the effects. Uh, even though Corman's involved and this was intentionally made as cheap as humanly possible just to retain those rights like we've been talking about the whole time, I just think... Damn, if they just if, if this actually came out and they were able to actually cut a couple corners here and there and put a little bit more dough into it, you really could have had, you know, it wouldn't have been an all-time banger, but I think you really would have had something here that more people would be talking about today. And I guess that kind of goes without saying. I mean, we're talking about a forgotten film that was found years later. Uh, that's always going to kind of happen with those things. But, uh, hey, I'm, I'm glad I finally watched it. It's kind of like one of those movies that... I've been hearing about for a long time, and I've just never really pulled the trigger on it. And uh, n- now Captain America's on the damn list. That's the next one, the the original Captain. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think there's actually two of those. If I'm not mistaken. There's two of them. There's one that's there's there's one with red brown. There's one that's a little older. So you know, it's it's not gonna be one of those dumpsters like last time, like in the slime ball ballerama where I'm shitting in a fucking <laughs> trophy cup, or it's it's not any like a uh, Baldwin statue level uh, kind of movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's up there with you know. The uh, pork roll, egg, and cheese fucking wrappers and the uh, oh, there you go. the old newspapers, you know, if, if people are even reading them anymore. Maybe it's that newspaper that Ben Grimm had on his fucking head when he's trying to hide outside that <laughs> restaurant. Maybe that's in there with it. <laughs> the shot where he looks like fucking E.T. in the fucking bi- uh, the, in the bicycle basket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, wanna, I wanted to write off something you just said. Like, it is a nice little novelty movie. Yes. It's a little freak show, and I think my problem with it is the fact that it is so fucking raw and like i said it's an, it's an uncooked meal uh that affects how much i can particularly enjoy it but as a novelty and as a uh as like a find i think it's pretty interesting so i i mean out of the three uh that we've done with dave specifically uh meteor man and the punisher i would probably equate this more to the punisher even though i think the punisher is a much better film but it's in that league of the sense of like i I would like to hope more people know about meteor man but maybe maybe that's not the case but i feel like the punisher 89 and this are similar in the sense of like hardly anyone i know knows about those two movies yeah well especially this one yeah and i think just you know it's you should at least check it out especially if you like superhero movies because it's it's got something about it that not a lot of the movies in this genre have it's very endearing and again like all the production like the directors and the producers might not be in the right place but the production uh designers are and and it, it comes from the heart for sure um 100% 100% agree. And and again, just f- like it, it being a lost film and kind of like the lost Marvel, um, you know, Fantastic Four film, that that's that adds a little bit of extra stank on it for me. Um, def- definitely check it out. If you, it, I mean, it's on YouTube for free. So Yeah, totally. Um, it's part of a deceptively large mountain of like lost, under-discussed, or buried superhero or comic book adaptations. Like... I want to bring this up during this episode. Now it's now's perfect time. There's a Shazam TV show from like uh, there's black and white serials, and there's a second show from the seventies. What the black and white Shazam serials are fucking nutty, okay? Because his it's black and white. It's made with it before there's like you know time for a effects budget. So in those, he just leaps at bad guys and just fucks them up with his hands. <laughs> like he throws them off buildings. He breaks them up and breaks a dummy in half. Like it, it's it's batshit insane didn't even know that existed i didn't either and i'm sure a lot of people didn't know this existed but like if you are intrigued by this and it kind of piques your fancy there is a there's a fucking deep ass iceberg of stuff like this that's all pertaining to either marvel dc 
probably other stuff like maybe variant uh, not variant valiant or um uh, uh fucking what was that one that oh god damn image um there is likely a whole bunch of stuff like this that's waiting to be discovered. So the more that this stuff comes out, like I, as much as I may have enjoyed the movie, I always find stuff like this to be super interesting because it's fun to see how what is now a fucking behemoth in the entertainment industry started in such a weird and misunderstood way. So a low budget, who could give a shit, sweep it under the rug kind of kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Two two things. Uh, one, just to go back on what Sean said. Bolorama is also on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I totally get it. It's just not for me. And second, as far as like things that are buried, the things that I want to be leaked specifically is everything that Rob Liefeld had his fingers in during the 90s because there was two episodes fully made for his uh, Youngblood comic. Whoa. Yeah, but it was canned. And then so those cells and those uh episodes are out there there's also test footage for his movies for blood strike young blood <gasps> and uh what the fuck was the other one profit they all all three of them were greenlit in the 90s with like budgets and working on scripts and then there was nothing to actually ever be settled on and then studios pulled out like i didn't think there was any image stuff like that out there and the fact that there's something related to blood strike blows my fucking mind <laughs> yeah that's crazy man well think about think about the 90s man you had Dolph Lundgren Demon Seagal Jean-Claude Van Damme Rambo like all that shit so Rob Liefeld was making those characters where they could hire anybody and pay them dick squat and make millions because of how popular Rob Liefeld was. Right. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that Superman movie that never got made with Nick Cage, but I feel like everybody's knows about that one. There's, and like I said, which is why I said there's an iceberg that's so fucking deep with the shit because like there's so, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we chipped a portion of it off here. There's a lot more left. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, most people don't know that there was an attempt by Fox to do their own version of Civil War with the X-Men, Daredevil, and Ghost Rider movies they had set up with the Fantastic Four. And they were going to incorporate Deadpool and a bunch of other people and do their own version of Civil War with the Fox-owned Marvel characters. Whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't remember who talked about it. One of the writers did, but, like, yeah, that was an idea they were they were running with. But, like, since... Uh, you can. You know, it doesn't need to be said. Like the the cohesion and organization of all that stuff is very poorly maintained. Look at the fucking X Men timeline and see how people don't age. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like so, it all fell apart. Like it usually does. So yeah, we're coming off our Fallen Empire month. If you if you're on Patreon or you've not signed up for that Patreon, you can sign up for the five or ten dollar tiers. Go listen to that uh, arena commentary track. We got a watch along of Cellar Dweller. We got a watch along of Ghoulies too. We got some good stuff coming up this month as well that has not been announced yet, but we will soon. For no money at all if you go over to apple podcasts or you know wherever you get your podcasts in fact make sure you go to apple podcasts and leave us that five-star review or a pod chaser we're on pod chaser now leave us uh, that five-star review um if you dig the show because it, it really really helps us um and if you're listening and, and you don't and you don't uh you know support us on patreon or anything like that like and you've been listening for a while or a new listener or what have you, you know we'd really appreciate it if you can help us out a little bit and uh leave that review because it uh Makes a big difference. And uh, one thing that we just started doing, uh, just want to put this out here, try to remember to bring this up. Uh, we opened up a P.O. Box, so if you guys want to send us your stuff. Oh, yeah. You can send it to P.O. Box 918 Banger, that's B-A-N-G-O-R, Pennsylvania, 
18013. And uh, yeah, just make it out to Movie Dumpster. Send us your shit. Send, send us, well, maybe not your literal shit. And I don't mean like your literal <laughs> stuff. I don't want to look like Chocolate Chip Charlie. <laughs> the floodgates have been opened. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, that's a thing we have now. So yeah, send us some stuff. We're going to be doing, uh, and hop on that Patreon. Even for that $2 tier, you hop on there. You get to watch those uh, unboxing videos and uh, mailbag videos, if you will. They're coming up. Uh, we're stockpiling. So uh, send us some stuff and uh, we'll open it. And we'll talk about it. What do you say? Um, and of course, uh, Davey, where can everybody find you and your wonderful artwork? Uh, I'm on Instagram at the underscore scaredy underscore cat. And then I also stream my art on Twitch at twitch.com forward slash the scaredy cat. And if you're a con goer, now that the con season is back in stow, I will be at Boston Comic Con next week. Following that, I will be at Supercon in Miami. And then come October, I will be at New York Comic-Con, Fan Expo in Dallas. I will be in Baltimore Comic-Con. I will be in Fan Expo in Denver. And then come December, I will be in Seattle for Emerald City and ending the year off with one of the best shows in the country, C2E2 in Chicago. Damn, that is amazing. Wow, you have grown so much. We are so proud of you. Um, Keep kicking ass, dude, and doing what you love. And uh, yeah. Well, what are you guys waiting for that are listening? Go get your go get your pet commissions. If you're at one of these damn conventions, you better go find Davey yeah. and say hello. Say the uh, dumpster sent you or something. Yeah, buy some prints. Absolutely. So that's it. That's the Fantastic Four from 1994, directed by Oli Sassone. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. I'm Davey the Scaredy Cat the Thorn. Thanks for visiting the dumpster.